This is Mark Lamia. Hit it! Hello and welcome once again to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. I'm Mark Gunn. The views expressed are those of the speaker and not reflective of anyone else. Today's episode, The Million Man March, A Million More Excuses. 20 years ago, at the urgent of Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, the largest gathering of black people since the March on Washington took place. The first Million Man March was a call for unity reconciliation, and atonement for the harm caused to black people by black people. The march was so important for many reasons. In fact, a movie called Get on the Bus chronicled the trip to D.C. through the eyes of a group of black men. If you're ready to stop being the boys, get started on this bus to Washington and be you know, the men that our wives and our mothers and our children are waiting for back home. If you're ready to do that, then we got work to do. The event, largely ignored by mainstream media, except to try and downplay the actual number of people attending, was historic in that it showed that we as black people can indeed unify behind a common cause. Conservative media outlets took great delight in trying to scare its racist viewers by talking about the potential for violence, and that because Minister Farrakhan was involved, it was an anti-white rally. Critics were roundly silenced when there were no reports of any incidents that day. One of the most impactful moments of that day in 1995 was a pledge that the minister asked every black man there to take. I say your name, pledge that from this day forward, I will strive to love my brother as I love myself. Like millions of black people all over the country, I was proud that such an event took place. And the energy was so positive, it seemed like folks were geeked about going back to their communities and making things better. In the aftermath, a couple of things happened. While some went about the business of rolling up their sleeves and putting in work, a lot more didn't. The problems we addressed 20 years ago are still being addressed to this day. We are here today. Because the black man of America and the Native American and the indigenous people and the poor of this nation must have justice. That left a sour taste in my mouth. The other, on a more personal level, was that I was doing mornings on a legendary black-owned radio station in Pittsburgh. I wanted my team to go to the march, but it wasn't in the budget. I had no problem with that. You know, it is what it is. The problem I did have, and I'm still bitter about it today, was that I was told not to talk about the Million Man March, because according to some in-station management, might, quote, offend our Jewish clients. Now imagine how stupid I felt not talking about the biggest event in black American history when I knew that every other black radio station in the country would be. It was that morning that I decided that I could no longer work for an entity that was that short-sighted. Ironically, I left on Martin Luther King Day the following January. The other sour taste in my mouth came after the realization that we as black folks have become damn good at symbolism, but when the rubber hits the road, seem incapable of doing what's really necessary to better our condition. We're extremely adept in the art of protest. We'll march at the drop of a hat, but by and large, the follow-up is severely lacking. Now, this is not to diminish the work that's being done by those small pockets of folks that are really making a difference. 
It's just that more of us talk to hear ourselves and don't do enough. This year, the theme was justice or else. Justice! Justice! The march paid specific attention to the violence being perpetrated against people of color by law enforcement, a very valuable platform for the Black Lives Matter movement. While it's important that we continue to voice our protest while drawing attention to these issues, we simply must do more. Now, I made the same observation 20 years ago. As far as I'm concerned, had we as a people done more of what was needed in mass, the 20th anniversary march would have been more of a celebration instead of a continued airing of grievances. Justice or else kind of rings hollow when the or else hasn't clearly been articulated. This march is called justice or else. Or else what? After the march 20 years ago, we should have realized something that I'd been saying all along. In a lot of circumstances, black people must be monolithic in our thinking. We must be in lockstep in the way we approach the problems that continue to plague us. We're still trying to fight for progress and we're not getting that. They want to promote that everything is fine, we're, we have a black president, racism is over, when I feel like things are regressing. While independent thought is something to be cherished, black America must realize that until we can improve our collective condition, we'd all better get on the same team. You can't tell me that it can't be done because, as the minister said, there were thousands of people there all of different religions, heeding the call of a Muslim. Granted, there will be some Islamophobes that hear this and possibly choke themselves by being wrapped too tightly in the American flag. But unless they present any physical harm, they are merely a distraction. As it was 20 years ago, you really didn't see any mainstream media coverage of this year's event because, once again, it didn't fit the black man as the boogeyman narrative. Most of the coverage I saw came from people that were actually there. Social media is a beautiful thing in that regard. Now, while the numbers weren't what they were in 1995, I did see generations of families and more people of different ethnicities. Feel-good moments, to be sure, but what I didn't see was a serious discussion about solutions. Practical ideas that could be implemented by everyone in attendance. To that end, I have a list of ideas that I've come up with that could work to the collective benefit of black people. 1. Register and vote. Unless you've been living under a rock, you're very well aware of the voter suppression efforts being carried out by the Republican Party. The goal being to keep as many people of color from getting to the polls. Remember, there are politicians that look just like you that don't have the best interests of the community at heart. They must be identified, removed from office, and replaced with those that have shown a genuine concern for our well-being. Educate yourself when it comes to the political arena. Do it to the point to where you can actually run for office if need be. Number two, any adult man or woman that can legally obtain a firearm, do so. Let's be honest. Not only do we have to deal with the threat of the uber-patriotic American who wants to take his country back. I'm deeply afraid that we are still, as a country, uh, mired in prejudice and racism. Sadly, we even have to deal with some of our own that are just as evil as any racist. We can no longer turn a blind eye to those that would do us harm simply because they look like us. There needs to be an ongoing concerted effort to re-establish gun clubs in the black community with training that goes above and beyond what the average person gets. Black businesses can create another revenue stream by ridding communities of predatory check-cashing places and liquor stores. In turn, opening gun ranges where people can actually be trained. Number three, 
We must make an effort to distance our children from the lies being taught to them by our school systems. Supplement their education with the truth about who and what we are. There are more than enough resources to accomplish this. Instead of getting brain dead from playing video games, allocate at least one hour a day for the family to participate in a mind and bodybuilding exercise. I personally recommend Tai Chi. Entertain the idea of a series of class action lawsuits charging various school systems with the deliberate miseducation of our kids. No real money to be made, but it draws more attention to the issue and will force school systems to provide a better education. Number four, ingest a steady diet of positive music and images. Control what gets played in your home. Although you may not be able to do so when your kids are away from you, you should still be the biggest influence on what your child is exposed to. You have to realize that mass media, radio, television, music, and print has a vested interest in keeping you dumb and blind. If what you take in doesn't make you feel good about yourself, reject it. There's been a talk of a class action lawsuit against several record companies for products that are harmful to the black community. When it comes to black radio, you need to take more control as well. All stations must maintain what's known as a public file. Any and all complaints must be kept there and you must have access to view at any time during their regular business hours. If you don't like the particular programming, write or email the station and be as specific as possible. The public file is very important when it comes to a station getting its license renewed. Stations are granted those licenses to serve the public interest, and if the FCC finds that not to be the case, the license renewal can be delayed or the license even revoked. You have more power than you realize. Black people have to undo over 400 years of brainwashing. Number five. This will probably be the most difficult and most important to implement and maintain. Black America must not only find a way to harness more control over the black dollar, we must find more ways to make it. Dr. Boyce Watkins, a dear friend and a noted professor of economics, has established a black wealth boot camp that I highly recommend. You can find him on Facebook. Most of us already have a level of skill that can be utilized in our own businesses. Right now, roughly three out of every $5 spent by blacks leaves the black community. We must become more about substance rather than style. Why do you need the latest pair of Jordans from a company who doesn't care if people wait in long lines and fight each other over them? The economic influence a lot of companies have over the black consumer is unearned. We must come up with a strategic weekly slowdown of expenditures. If you want to send a strong message, hold back your money on a couple of specific days of the week. Spend that money with black businesses instead, as long as those businesses are honorable in the way customers are treated. Remember, as Chuck D of Public Enemy once said, every brother ain't a brother. Number six, hold each other accountable. Black America is in the state to where we must be our brother's keeper. If the first words out of your mouth when you greet each other are, my nigga, that needs to change. Cultural mores aside, if we want respect, we must give respect. If you call me anything, call me brother. That's how the revolutionaries did it back in the day. And there's a lot more power in that word than nigga will ever have. We must also be unified in the way we respond to certain things from those that would claim that we're playing the race card. You know, when someone questions the validity of the Black Lives Matter movement by bringing up black on black crime, there's no need to argue or get upset. Simply respond by asking, well, what about white on white crime? It's been my experience that they shut up rather quickly. 
Speaking of whites, please remember that we've always had some as sincere allies and a lot more as opportunists looking to derail any progress that we make. Learn the difference. After all, they have much more work to do in solving America's racial problem. We can't solve it for them since it wasn't of our making. The best we can do is address our issues honestly amongst ourselves and develop that monolithic mindset I spoke of earlier. My hope and prayer is that it won't be another 20 years before things really change. Because I, for one, dread the thought of the 40th anniversary of the Million Man March. Once again, you've been listening to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. The views expressed are those of the speaker and not reflective of anyone else. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send me an email to markgunmedia at gmail.com or leave your comments in the space provided below. Thank you for listening. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla, just damn good work.